You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 239. And today we're going to learn some tips on how to finish the book you've been dreaming of writing. Are you ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, and today we're going to tackle one of my favorite authority platforms, and that's writing, writing your book. And if you have been dreaming about writing a book and never finishing the book or never even getting out of your head, today is for you. We've got a special guest joining us to help us with some technique and some motivation to get that book out of our head. We talk a lot here about building your authority and becoming a highly paid authority and getting out of the best kept secret trap. And to me, having your own book is one of the best ways to stop being invisible and start standing in your leadership and make a greater impact and be able to go from one of many people who do what you do and go to the top of the mountain as the authority. And I love what we talk about today, but it is all part of really um, being intentional about taking your business and your your skills to that authority level. And if you know that you're a best kept secret and you're feeling quite invisible, I highly recommend you go right now to my download, How to Become a Highly Paid Authority and discover the eight components you need. Now, when you download this checklist, it's like a checklist that you'll follow. I've added a bonus training to go with this download to really walk you through how to take what I call your business superpower and transform it so that it's an irresistible offer and you can monetize your strengths and your skills to help with the highly paid authority side of things. So you can head over to authorityamplifiers.com and grab that download, complete the bonus training, and get on your way to being a highly paid authority. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I'm super excited for today's conversation, and I'll just put this right out there. This is talking right to me today. Our guest is Jenny Nash. She's the founder and CEO of Author Accelerator, a company on a mission to raise the bar on book coaching. Author Accelerator has trained more than 75 book coaches in both fiction and nonfiction through their book coach certification program. Jenny's own book coaching clients have landed top New York agents and six-figure book deals with five, or sorry, big five houses such as Penguin, Scribner, Simon & Schuster, and Hashit. Jenny is the author of nine books in three genres and is the creator of the Killer Book Proposal System. And we're talking today about how to finally finish the book you've been dreaming of writing for far too long, right, Jenny? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we're going to get personal real fast, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why as well? Let's pull the Band-Aid off. Let's put all the cards on the table. Well, you've written nine books. So something tells me you've got past dreaming about writing and found a way to make it work. I have. And it's a thing that I teach other people how to do as well. And as you, as you just have pointed out, it is a, a universal problem. A lot of people who start out with a brilliant idea don't finish. Yeah, you know, let's dig right into that because we talk a lot about mindset and beliefs and how our thoughts are supporting us or they're derailing us. What do you think are the roadblocks that come up for people that prevent them from finishing this first draft or even the book itself? Well, there's two main things that I are my go-to things. The first is what they are saying. And by that, I mean, what exactly is the shape of this idea? Most people have the idea. It's so crystal clear in their head, but translating that idea onto the page into the right structure or the right way of saying it, or, you know, I, I think of a container, like a throwing a piece of clay on the potter's wheel and what shape is it going to be? What, how are you going to make it fit? And that's, that's thing one is, is what exactly is it? And then thing two is why are they saying it? Why are they doing this at all? So we can, we can break that into two pieces and, and talk about the, why I name those things as the derailers, because the, the shape and the structure of a book is so important to what that book is going to be and how it's going to live in the world and how it's going to be finished and how you're going to write it. And if you're fishing around for how you're going to present this material, or you haven't hit on the right shape or structure for it, or you're not sure about your shape and structure, you're going to run into trouble. And I mean, I can give an example of, I was actually just working today with a, a, a client who's brand new to me and is incredibly in accomplished in the world. Just this hit list of amazing achievements and accolades and titles and degrees and you know all the things that one could could want and the the way she is presenting her idea is sounds incredibly bland and flat and and nobody would want this book and the disconnect between this accomplished person when she speaks about the idea there's there's passion and there's fire and there's all those things but when she tries to put it on the page, it just, it just absolutely falls flat. And that's a problem of structure. So if you're fighting your structure and, and you don't love it and it's not serving your idea, of course you're going to get frustrated and you're going to fall into problems. Is that, does that ring clear or ring true to, to your experience with your book? Absolutely. And, and I, and I really, it hit home for me when you talked about the shape of the idea and how to translate that into words. And it, I was laughing to myself not too long ago. because, like, I can create a podcast. I can deliver videos nonstop. I can actually even write an entire manifesto or ebook, but they're uh, like bringing the idea into the, the book format was was feeling a little bit elusive to me for a while. And I, and I realized it, it was just, you know, the magnitude of the number of words, then structuring it was exactly what was going on for me. And, you know, I was getting really curious, Jenny, as you were talking, 
and I don't know if you specialize in uh, fiction versus nonfiction, but I was one because I we do have people who like to write fiction in our communities. Most people are writing nonfiction; they're writing books about their work. But do you notice a difference for people versus uh, fiction versus nonfiction? No. So I do actually coach both, and I have coached both at a really high level. And I also coach my coaches to coach both. And the reason that I coach, I also coach memoir. So there's very little that I don't coach. Uh, I mean, I don't coach picture books for, for, and there's certain topics that I won't coach, but the, the, the genre to me doesn't really matter because the process of writing a book is exactly the same. And that process goes through the thing that we just mentioned. So if somebody is writing, let's say, I, I actually get quite a lot of um, nonfiction writers. So journalists, for example, or lawyers or PR professionals, people whose job it is to use words and tell stories and communicate often are drawn to writing a novel, particularly as they approach their later years. It's something they usually have been dreaming of their whole life and helping them so let's say they have an idea about a middle grade novel of, about dragons and their problem is going to be precisely the same as the nonfiction writer who is trying to write a book to become a thought leader in their area of expertise. And that problem is going to be, okay, what's the shape of this dragon story? Who's telling this dragon story? Is it a dragon? Is it a dragon owner? Is there, is this a, a nice dragon? Is this, a, you know, like all the questions that you ask and, and finding the shape and the structure and that container are exactly the same. And, and then they also share the other idea that stops people the most, which is this idea of why are you even doing this? And people have to answer that question for, the dragon story as much as they do for their their book about becoming a thought leader and and the why you're doing it is in my experience the the biggest roadblock the thing that really stops people you know we struggle with structure and shape all writers do and and you're right books are a different beast than all these other mediums that you've spoken about. And it's frustrating because you think, well, I'm good at these other things, you know, and I, I write all day long for my business. Why can't I, I make this book? And, and it's because the, the shape and the structures is unique. And then this other piece though, is, is why are you doing it? And so for both a fiction writer or a memoir writer or a nonfiction writer, the question really has to, to be, there's two levels of why. There's, there's usually the outcome level. Somebody wants um, to be recognized for their work. They want to uh, write a bestseller. They want to make money and quit their job. They want to have this be, I just spoke to a mega best-selling nonfiction uh, writer. She's got, I think, 10 big books and she she wants her second career to be fiction. So, you know, those outcome reasons for why you're writing the book are usually people can answer those off the top of their head. But the underlying why about okay, why do you care about dragons or why do you care about this this topic that you may have been immersed in for your entire career? But what, what does it mean to you? Why does it matter to you so much? Why are you going to take all this time and energy and effort 
to speak of this thing and tapping into that deep level why is the real key to finishing. Hmm. I can totally see that because when your why is strong enough and it's been reactivated through your process, it probably like gets the fire going again. And that's easier to um, overcome those obstacles when you're fired up, right? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe there's other reasons why you see it. Uh, it. It's really effective to helping people finish. Yeah. And, and the, the person that I was speaking of earlier who has all these titles and accolades and things, and, and then what she's putting on the page at the very start of working with me is, is flat and dull she's got to find her deep level. Why, why is this a topic that, you know, you're spending any time on at all. And that may be a strange question to ask somebody who's been immersed in this topic, their whole life or their whole career. But sometimes we forget why we care or why it matters to us or why it continues to matter to us. And to, to really dig down and answer that is, is a great way to actually find then the the structure and the shape to find what do you really want to say and sometimes it surprises people the their deep level why and sometimes it's a a small quiet fire and sometimes it's a big you know up on the soapbox fire <laughs> but that knowing that deep deep level motivation is really primary to not losing your way yeah i agree so I would imagine that once you get somebody unstuck and you start to, and they get in motion, is there some kind of tip or strategy you have to keep that momentum going so they can get to the finish line and finish that book? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of what are pop, some popular ways of keeping momentum. So some of those popular ways are tracking your page count or your word count and sort of watching that tick up. And I know some people that use um, habit tracker kind of journals where they get a sticker every time they write another five pages or a thousand words or whatever it is. And, and that works for, for some people. And if that works for you, that's, that's great. I think some other ways of, of keeping your motivation high is, is to track just time in the chair, just time in the in front of your keyboard, because sometimes writing well doesn't mean producing words. Sometimes it's sitting and staring at the blank screen and thinking or going down a rabbit hole on the internet, which we all think of as a bad thing. But that's often the way that people will get some you know really big breakthroughs in their own thinking is is when they allow themselves that time and so it's divorcing the idea of writing from producing words which sounds really strange because <laughs> writing is making words you know on the page but if you allow yourself to think of writing as maybe going on a walk and and not listening to a podcast while you're walking, you know, just letting your mind wander or going down those rabbit holes on the internet of things that interest you or, or looking at a competitor or, you know, anything that, that your mind is drawn to that too is writing. 
I think if we adhere too closely to this um, production idea of writing, you know, we've got to produce, we've got to move, we've got to, you know, make it through these pages, that's pretty paralyzing. And it's also looking at writing as only one dimension. So if you allow yourself and you, and you track, you know, you block into your calendar that you're going to work on your book for, let's just call it an hour a day, but you're not tied to producing something, you might actually produce far more than, than if you're hammering away at your word count. So that's one sort of unusual idea that frees people up sometimes. It's almost like you're, you have to recalibrate your measure of progress sometimes. And if, if measuring your progress to word count is, is not serving you, like what I'm hearing you say is like, change the measure to something that feels like it's creating momentum for you. Yes. It's that idea. um, I'm blanking on the name of the author, but the book measure what matters, uh, a management, a management business management book. It's that same idea, you know, what matters in writing a book at the end of the day is not really the number of words you write. I mean, you do have to write a certain number of words, but like you were saying, it sounds like you're a bit paralyzed by the sheer number of words. But if what you're measuring is instead, I wrote a really great passage today, or I really described that idea well, that feels good to me, that feels clear, or that feels right the way I described that idea. Or I've been worried about how to tackle this difficult topic on the page and I, and I made progress on it today. Measuring those kinds of things, because that's what good writing is. Good writing is not just, you know, I can write 55,000 words, that a robot can do that now. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, measuring what, what you're actually doing and, and what you're actually doing is you're trying to convey something that matters to you, to an audience that you've identified that needs it. And so thinking about, is what I'm producing serving that audience? Am I helping somebody? Will this help somebody someday? Will this, you know, I'm back to nonfiction now, not dragons, although a book about dragons will probably help your audience in if it's entertaining or gives them a moment of escape or imagination, those are helpful things too. But really thinking about, okay, I know why I want to do this, but why does my audience care? What are they going to get out of it? What can I do today to help them get to, to a better place? Hmm. And, and I can tell you, I mean, I, I go through this my own self. I am looking right next to me on my desk. I have the galleys for my next book that are just about to come out. So galley is the, the last time you look at it before it goes into production. And what you're supposed to do at that stage is find typos and fix commas. And I've been dragging my feet on reading this galley for weeks. I, I sort of can't bear it. And I can't bear to look at it one more time. And I actually had my sister read it. <laughs> I said, can you do this for me? Cause I can't do it. I just can't look at it anymore. And she did it and she found commas and things, but I thought I can't send this book off forever, not having actually done the final read through. That's terrible. You know, so I 
I, what I did was exactly what I'm telling you about now. I thought, okay, I'm dragging my feet for a reason. There's a reason that this is making me sick to my stomach. And if I can tap into what that is, maybe I can find it in myself to go through this book. And so I really did sit down as I'm describing to you and, and take some time to just sit with that discomfort that of why I wasn't doing this work. And I really came to some deep thoughts about the book itself that I wasn't happy with and that I didn't want to put out into the world. And so at this really 11th hour of the 11th hour, I decided to allow myself to change those things and to redo some of those things. And I am not the kind of person that normally is a, um, makes a problem at the end, you know, I'm, I'm the gold star. I want the gold star and the A plus and all that. And, and I had to write to a variety of people and say, I'm not done. I'm going to cause some problems here. It's going to cost me some money. I know that I'm okay with that. And just having to face my displeasure or discomfort with what I was doing and make it match what I really want this book to be my, my deep why and kind of throw the card deck up in the air. And, you know, so that process of facing our reality is no fun. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's confronting, right? Yeah. <laughs> where, where, especially if you pride yourself on, on being easy to work with or whatever labels we're giving ourselves when we're at the opposite side of our personality or the opposite side of how we normally do things, it can be confronting. And so what I love is that you are experiencing the range of all the different things that people experience as an author, which to me makes you more relatable and makes you a more powerful mentor. Because if we've personally experienced it, we know we, we ha can have empathy for it, but we can also have strategies to move through it differently. Oh, it's so true. And I, I uh, work, so I'm a writer, obviously, I, we just talked about that. And I work as a book coach, I coach writers through work, and I run a book coaching company. And I have many times thought that I should stop coaching my own clients, because there's only so much time in the day. And, and I thought that I should let that go. And I have decided very consciously not to, that I want to continue to do the thing that I'm teaching, to, to be a coach while I'm training other people, because I want to not forget what it's like. And I want to, to be in it and doing it and being able to speak about it. And when a client comes to me and, and Melanie, they all do, you are not alone and I am I'm not alone, literally everyone. <laughs> Um, in some in some capacity struggles when they're writing a book and has some sort of block or some sort of moment where they think, what am I doing? Why am I doing it this way? What was I thinking? That's an enormous part of the process. And when I have somebody that gets into that and they're they're wringing their hands in despair, I can help them through it largely by saying, let me just tell you, you're not alone. This is not just you. This is not just hard for you. It's hard for everyone. And just the relief of them knowing that is, I think, very helpful because 
so many people that are working at this level of writing this this kind of book are used to success and they're used to doing things well and they're used to like you said being the the one who who gets it right and and here they are mired in this in this you know whatever you want to call it i don't i don't really use the word or the term writer's block cuz I don't really believe in it. I think it's, there's so much more going on. You know, it's, it's a person block. I don't know. It's not just mental block. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's bigger than that. Well, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the, the writer or the expert who's maybe like not finishing their book, but I, I'm curious about someone who's maybe stuck starting the book Maybe they've been dreaming of, of getting a book out of them for a really long time and they've got a, an idea in mind, but they never move it out of their head and, and get the process started. Is there anything in particular they should um, know or consider to help them get out of their own way and get that book out of them? Yes, there's an exercise that I love to give and and I just had somebody answer it in the most spectacularly beautiful way. I, I just loved her answer. And the, the question is to imagine yourself in the world when your book is finished and it's a physical object you can hold in your hands. It can be bought and sold by anyone and, and you're in the world. So first of all, to imagine where are you in the world? And that could be while I'm on stage with Oprah. It could be while I'm on the cover of Harvard Business Review. You know, it could be any anywhere that you imagine. And you imagine the a reader, your ideal reader coming up to you at this event in this physical place in the world and having an interaction with you. And what what is it going to be? What is that interaction going to be? And the reason that exercise works, I think, for someone who's, who's having trouble getting started or who's afraid getting started is it takes you to the, the deep level why of why you're writing the book. And usually you're writing a book because you have been impacted in some way by a book yourself and you want to have that same impact on a reader. So to, to really let yourself imagine that impact. And the, the client that I'm mentioning who, who just answered that question is a, a scholar, uh, an academic who specializes in the topic of risk. And she's working on a book that is about risk, teaching risk to young children. And this is, um, this is a, actually a combat veteran um, so somebody who has a really interesting relationship to risk. And the answer to that question that, that she gave was so specific. And she described being on an airplane. She said, I'm on an airplane. I'm flying to a conference where I'm giving a keynote address. And the woman in the window seat is, has a copy of my book. And for the entire flight, she's reading my book and she's turning down the corners of pages. And I don't say anything to her because she's so immersed in reading. 
And I, I just sit there and I read my own book. And then she said, but when we get to baggage claim, she's standing there holding my book, waiting for the, the luggage. And I go up to her and I say, it looks like you were really enjoying the book. And she said, oh, it's amazing. And, and I say, um, I'm the author. And I just wanted to introduce myself and say how grateful I am that, that you're reading it. And the reader said to her, can I give you a hug? I, this book has touched me so much and it, it just came to me in the right moment in the right time. Would it be okay if I gave you a hug? And that description of being in the world with, with her book was just so, like I said, so specific and so moving and so perfect for what she's writing that if she can just hold that in her head and her heart, when, when she's working on the shape and the structure and the contents and what this is going to be, can't you see how that's going to just change everything? Hmm. That's extraordinary. Right. So it's really letting yourself picture what impact is this thing I'm working on going to have? Cause that's what books do. They, they cause, they change lives, they cause impact. And, and that's why so many of us are drawn to them and why they're so frightening, because what if you don't do that? Right. What if you don't do that? Well, what if you don't do it, make as big as an impact as you want, you know, those fears behind it, but but what if you do and, and imagining making that impact is, can propel you to start, it can propel you all the way through. It can be the thing that you tap back into when you get stuck. And, you know, most people at the end of the day will say that, yes, they want to make money. Yes. They want to be on the bestseller list. Maybe they want, you know, to sell their book to the movies. Maybe they want to get a big Ted talk, you know, whatever their outcome is. Most most people will say what I really want is to, to touch people, to, mm -hmm. to have them feel something. And so tapping into that is really the, the best way to, to start and to keep your motivation going. I love that strategy. It, it actually uses a form of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming in, in how we set goals using NLP because you're making the outcome so real that mm -hmm. your subconscious mind is connecting to the outcome as if it's already happened. Mm. And it's a very powerful motivator. And so I'm listening to you explain that and thinking, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> such a great, um, such a great way to, to make an outcome feel so big and, and, and absolute that it's almost like you have to fall into place to, to get it done. I could talk to you for hours. I have a feeling this isn't the last conversation we're going to have. And it's probably as our listener uh, Amplify community, we have so many people who want to write books, have so many ideas, they have so many things they want to move out into the world and make an impact with. I know they're probably clamoring for, but how do we connect with Jenny? So Jenny, like what would be the best way for someone to learn more about your process and how they can get their book out of their head and into the world? They can visit me at jennynash.com, which is J-E-N-N-I-E-N-A-S-H.com backslash idea. 
and I will have a book up there for your audience. And it's called How an Idea Becomes a Book. It's an ebook and it, it's about 50 pages. And it is nine steps that walks you through, okay, I have this great idea. I think it's going to be so good. What do I do next? And how do I pick this idea? How do I commit to this idea? And how do I move it from idea to, to being a book and getting, getting through that process? And um, that is available for download. You don't even have to give me your email. It's just there. You can get it. And people are welcome to, to grab that and, and learn from that. And I have a lot of resources on my website that might help too. Oh, lovely. Well, we will make sure those are linked up in the show notes. If you're scrambling for a pen or it's like, what did she say that link was? JennyNash.com forward slash ideas where you can find the book. Uh, now, Jenny, there's a couple of things I like to wrap up and bring things back to you and who you've been through this process of being a writer and an author and an, a book coach and now a coach of book coaches. And I would love to know, like, what is the boldest thing you've done to get where you are today in your business? Oh gosh, I've heard you ask this to people so often. And you think that when it's asked of you that you'll 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 be able to know because there's so many, there's so many, there's so many bold things. But um, what was the first one that jumped into your mind and you go, no, not that one? I mean, the first <laughs> that's usually the one <laughs> that jumped into my mind was just the audacity of thinking that I could certify book coaches that that. I knew enough that I could do that, that I didn't have to get somebody to tell me, give me permission to do that because there's nobody doing it. There's no school that you can go to. There's no place that already does this. I was kind of making it up from scratch. And I just, the, I, the courage to allow myself to do that was was pretty darn bold. I don't even like to think about it actually. Cause sometimes when I say it out loud, I think maybe I shouldn't have, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to come get me like the, they, I don't know who they are, but they're going to come. The, the book coaching police, right? <laughs> the book coaching police are going to come after me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, that's the voice that as a listener or someone who's considering that big, bold leap they want to take. That's the voice that talks people out of it. And so kudos for allowing yourself to be like, just bold and like, I'm moving on it before I talk myself out of it. That's well done. It's kind of like you have to put your ears, your fingers in your ears and go, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing yeah. it. I'm doing it. So not listening to you. Talk to my hand, talk to my hand, talk to my hand. I'm doing this. Don't talk me out of it. Yes, totally. Oh, and then I, I like to also just wrap up with what is one thing you know now, having gone through so many evolutions of the work you're doing, that you wish you would have known in the first year of your business that's made your business better? I wish that I had known that writers need, are in so much pain that they need help and they will pay for help and that it's not just a nice to have thing for them that they really need it that there's no other way to get it and 
I, I wish I'm eight years into the business and, and I'm trying to hold on to that every day because it matters so much to what I'm doing, that belief that, that writers are in pain and need help. And at the beginning, I thought, oh, this is cool. I can help people. It's a nice to have. Wouldn't it be great to offer this to folks? You know, it was kind of a little more of a, a lark or a, a nice to have. And I, I now know, I mean, humans in general are in a lot of pain and, and writers are creators and they're dreamers and, and that causes a lot of pain and there are ways to help them. And, and I know that now, and um, I'm glad I finally arrived here, but I do wish it hadn't taken me so long. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. And, and just, um, trusting that voice, right? Trusting the voice that says there's something here. <laughs> Go yeah. for it. Yeah, exactly. Done. Well, obviously it's worked out for you and your great demonstration of trusting the voice, taking bold leaps. And I, I see that you've actually, you found a hole in what was necessary. Like you found that people were creating a problem. People are teaching people to write books. People need book coaches. And yet nobody was teaching book coaches how to be great book coaches and probably make money as book coaches. So congratulations, Jenny. And I'm so grateful you were here today to to shed some light on how people can get the book out of them that they need to write that the world is waiting for. So Thank Thank you you so much for having me. I love your podcast. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.